As Mike makes his way forward for our lesson from Luke's Gospel, I invite you to pray with me our prayer for illumination, which you can find printed on the screens or in your bulletin. Let us pray. Creator God, you remind us that the darkness of ignorance and doubt cannot overcome your life-giving word. May your Holy Spirit, who first inspired these words of Scripture, shine your light and once again awaken us to the hearing and living of this radiant truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Please join me as John the Baptist prepares the way in Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Itura and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the desert. He went to all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as is written in the book of the words of Isaiah and the prophet. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough way smooth, and all mankind will see God's salvation. Praise be God. Thanks, Mike. Kids, come on forward for our children's message. There you go. Use that one. Oh, good. Hey! What are you doing? Hey, you guys. How are you? Uh, I just want to just see how everybody is. Has everybody, uh, has everybody shopping going? Yes, everybody shopping is going good? Okay. Yeah, for other people, right? We get gifts for other people, right? That's amazing. Well, okay, that's Well, um, I just want to just say that um, I've been doing some shopping, but not a whole lot because my niece and nephew are difficult, and where I'm going to give money. So, <laughs> um, but you know, because they're teenagers. So, um, but I've been looking in the stores, and you know, um, there are different little things. Christmas is so magical at any rate to just go out and look at all the different um, decorations that that are out and. Um, I don't know if anybody went to the tree lighting in Ridgewood, but I did. Uh, did anyone go to the tr any tree lightings yet? Yeah. Yes? You did? No, we didn't. No? Okay. Well, um, I did in Ridgewood, and they gave hot chocolate, and everything was... Stop and shop. Stop and shop? Oh, okay. Well, Stop and Shop is a food store. They must have had a Christmas tree in Stop and Shop, no? No. No? Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, this is, I just want to like, you know, discuss with you guys that 
Christmas is magical in this aspect that everything around us is. most magic holiday is probably Christmas. Yes, it is Christmas. And um, I just want to like let you guys know um, that it, Christmas is wonderful, okay, in itself, but it's, it's become a lot, of, I don't know if you guys know the word, commercialized. It's come, become too- a lot of commercials? Well, it's become, everything is, everything it, it relates, Everything is things. And what is Christmas all about? Can t someone tell me what Christmas is about? Danny, can you tell me what Christmas is about? Family and friends. Family and friends. And who else? I know it. I know it so well. Jesus. Correct. Also, Jesus. You, and got, you guys got it. And the Holy Spirit. Everything that has to do with heaven. Everybody in your where? Family. Your house, that's right. Okay, um, tell your brother, turn around. Come on. So, do you, do you agree? Do you agree, Henry, that Jesus is uh, the, main, the main person here? Yeah. That we're thinking about this Christmas, all right? And so, all around us, we see all these different things, but what do we keep, the, what do we shine the light on mostly? We, Jesus, 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 right? So that's right. And, and we look forward to Christmas Day and opening up lots of gifts. When you said commercialized, I, I thought you meant there are a lot of commercials during Christmas. Well, I guess there are a lot of Christmas commercials. Because whenever I'm watching something on YouTube, are, like, are you guys making lists? Are you guys making lists? Of yeah. What, yeah. What do you want? What do you yeah. want for a toy? Something you want to say an Elmo. An Elmo? You want an Elmo? No, yeah. Caroline, no. Everybody, wants what do you want? Elmo. What do you want? Roblox stuff. Roblox stuff. I know that. Um, um, I think that I really want. Oh, what I really want is probably a um, uh, anything with an engine, a new car, a motorcycle. Uh, well, all right. So sounds good. We're we're getting off track here. Okay, so anyway, I just want to like let you guys know, um, we're going to be praying in a moment that um, we pray for Jesus and we love oh, him wait, with I all our might and we love this church and we keep going to church I and we got to remember yeah. that not everything is about things, it's about God and our families and friends, I okay? Want an ATV. Thank you, okay. I want an let's, ATV. Let's, let's sit and pray, okay? Um, uh, Heavenly Father, we thank God for you, and we, we love our friends and family, and uh, we pray for our church here and our community. Guys, we pray for our community, and we um, would love a wonderful Christmas, uh, and 
the light should shine only on you and close people around us. Thank you. Amen. Thanks, Iris. Advent is a season of preparation. And there are days when you can prepare as much as possible and yet everything seems to go wrong. The heat is finally coming up in the church after it was, the boiler was out this morning. Our friend Alex from Reiner is downstairs right now working on things, so we'll give thanks to God for Alex on a Sunday morning. The back screen has decided to stop working this morning, but hey, we're going to soldier on through. Everyone is doing a great job today. God's name be praised because of it. In Advent, we prepare. And in most Advent seasons, we think about the way that we prepare. Like Iris said, we have shopping to do. We put up the Christmas tree. This weekend, our household put up our new Christmas tree and decorating, putting all the ornaments on, remembering, you know, the pet ornaments from dogs that are no longer with us or school pictures from years ago, uh, you know, babies and things, and you remember those things with this nostalgia, and that's some of what the preparation is about, but I want to focus our thought about preparation today on the way that God prepares us for the coming of Christ, not only as a baby, but also in the second coming. In Luke's Gospel, Luke begins the story of Jesus by talking first about the world as it was in the first century. You recall from Luke chapter 2, Caesar Augustus issuing a decree that a census should be taken, and that census was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Well, here in Luke chapter 3, after we've talked about the birth of John the Baptist, Luke begins his conversation about John the Baptist and his adult ministry by going through a laundry list of people. And Mike did a great job with these today. During the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar... Pontius Pilate is the governor of Judea. Herod is the tetrarch of Galilee. His brother Philip is the tetrarch of Iturea and Trachonitis. And Lysanias is tetrarch of Abilene. Annas and Caiaphas are the high priests. It's like saying, in the days when Joe Biden was president and Boris Johnson was prime minister of uh, the United Kingdom, and Phil Murphy was governor of New Jersey, uh, and Melissa Rubenstein was mayor of Wyckoff, right? All of these very, very important people with very important tasks and all of these responsibilities and all this fame instantly recognizable by everyone, right? Caesar 
and Pilate. These are names that we've heard before. Herod, Tetrarchs, these are kings who are put in place by the Romans to oversee different areas. Boy, these are powerful people. And God is preparing the world for this message about God's salvation in Jesus Christ. But the message that is so important to get out, it doesn't come through Tiberius Caesar as some decree. It doesn't come through Pontius Pilate in his responsibilities. It doesn't come through any of these tetrarchs, Herod or Philip or Lysanias. And it doesn't come through the high priest, Caiaphas or Annas. Instead, we're told the word of the Lord comes through John, son of Zechariah. Who? John, son of who? Zechariah? Who is that? Who is that? These are not notable people. Now, they're notable because Luke is about to tell their story, but if you were to walk around, you know, the streets of Rome and say, hey, you remember John, the son of Zechariah? It'd be like, yeah, I guess. Maybe they, like, grew up down the street or something, but they didn't become all that much. But that's the amazing thing about God is that God chooses to prepare the way by preparing the way through ordinary people. You don't have to be the president. You don't have to be the pope. You don't have to be the mayor of Fairlawn or Hawthorne or Wyckoff or Mawa or anywhere else where you might live, West Milford. I don't know if, even know if West Milford has a mayor, Rob. <laughs> but all those people, as important as their responsibilities are, God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things, to prepare the way. John, son of Zechariah, who we will come to know by what he does as a baptizer, he's not in the places of power. He's not in the capital. He's not in Rome. He's not even in Jerusalem. He's out in the wilderness. And others tell us what he wears and what he eats. Luke doesn't waste time with those details, but you know about the camel skin and the locusts and the wild honey, right? This is a bizarre guy. He's out in a weird place. He's doing strange things and he's speaking strange words. And yet, people are drawn to him. He goes out into the country around the Jordan River preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. 
And Luke tells us that he's like, he's like what the prophet Isaiah said. The one who will be a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all mankind will see God's salvation. The only one who is able to preach this kind of message about mountains made low and valleys filled in and crooked roads made straight and all people finding salvation are those who are not in positions of power. John, son of Zechariah, the baptizer, is the only one that God could use in this particular way for this particular message. The message is repentance for the forgiveness of sin. It's repentance. It's for people, cultures, societies that have lost their way who have decided to go their own way, who have decided that it's more important to prepare by doing other things. We've had the Holly Channel on, Sirius Radio, over the last couple of weeks, which is the modern Christmas hits. Your look says it all. Santa is like Jesus in these songs. People are asking Santa for like, mostly women asking for men that will stick around longer than a year. And it's, it's just bizarre. If you listen to the words to the songs, you'll find that we've taken the commercialization of Christmas to its extreme to the point where we're like worshiping at the altar of Santa. Now, I love Santa. I love Santa. I hope someday to be like Santa. You know, big white beard, bowl full of jelly. That sounds like a great existence. But what I love most about Santa is how generous he is. What I love about Santa so much is that it's not about him, but it's about everyone else. But these songs are all about Santa, give me what I want. Which if that isn't like the mantra for our society today, I don't know what is. It's rather telling. You can tell a lot about a culture by listening to the music that they listen to, watching the things that they watch, reading the things that they read, and you'll find that it's all this self-centered garbage and nonsense. In Advent, the church takes its stand against a culture that is all about me and instead says, the way to prepare for Christmas is not to buy the perfect gift. That's not to receive the perfect gift. It's to repent. Be forgiven. Turn around and go a different way. Now next week, 
We're going to continue on in the story of John, and we're going to hear some specific examples that he gives to the people who come to him about what they should do and how they should respond to this message of this good news of forgiveness at the hands of God. But in the meantime, use this Advent time. Don't rush ahead to Christmas, but live in that space of reflection, that space that calls us this gift that we have before we get to the celebration of Christmas to put ourselves right with God by being like the tax collector in the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. The Pharisee, they both go to the temple to pray, and the Pharisee stands before God and says, God, thank you for making me me. I'm so great. I do all of these wonderful things. Thank you, God, that I'm not like that scum over there. Which he's praying, I guess. But the tax collector falls on his knees, prostrate before God and says, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus says, it's the tax collector and not the Pharisee who goes home justified in the eyes of the Lord that day. That's a picture of Advent for us a season to prepare, to fall on our knees before the Lord and say, i got to make a U-turn in my life. All of this stuff has built up over the year and in expectation of the return of Christ and the foundation of this new heaven and this new earth and in preparation for this grand celebration of Christmas. Lord, forgive me and wash me clean that I might come to the manger as a new creation, ready to respond to the new life offered through this baby who is a king, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. One of the ways that we, one of the ways that we experience that sense of forgiveness and that sense of relationship with Jesus Christ is through our celebration of the sacrament of the Lord's table. And so after our affirmation of faith and after we sing our next hymn, we will gather together at the table of the Lord. Today, I want you to listen for the words in the liturgy that talk about this remembrance, this communion, this hope and the great gift of Jesus Christ that is given to us in this sacrament, in this meal that we share together. But before we get to that, let's bow our heads in prayer. Almighty God, thank you for this season, for this opportunity for us to prepare, to prepare for your coming again, to prepare for the celebration of your nativity, prepare for living our life in the year ahead of us. Lord, continue to walk with us each day, and as we prepare to gather at your table, Lord, wash away our sin, that we might stand face to face with you in glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
If you're able to stand, would you stand with me as we affirm our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed? People of God, what do we believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy universal church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. <laughs> 